There's no such thing as a local real estate market. Everything is neighborhood driven. You are listening to the Urban Connect podcast. My name is Jennifer Oshambo, and I am the broker owner of Urban Provision Realtors. The mission of this podcast is to bring clarity and ease to the often complicated and uncharted waters of buying and selling real estate. If you are a buyer, seller, or a homeowner and want to enhance your awareness of market and transactional realities, you are in the right place. This is why today I've brought on Mark Sprague. He's the state director with Information Capital for Independence Title. Mark is skilled in economics, analytics, real estate, financial development, negotiation, tons of analytical skills, so much more over the past 30 years. Mark graduated from University of Texas at Austin. Throughout our conversation, we hope that listeners will understand why market shifts happen, what makes them happen, and will debust lots of mess that most people believe about market um, ebbing and flowing. Mark, it's great to have you on as my guest. Welcome to Urban Connect. Thank you. So let's get started. And, you know, when we first started talking, um, some of the information I sent to you, one of the things you said to me was, do you realize that there is no national real estate market? Yes. Let's talk about that first. Okay. Well, there's no such thing as a local real estate market. And you go, oh, Yes, there is. And I'm going, no, there's not. It's sell and circle C does not affect a sell in Georgetown, does not affect a sell in Taylor, does not affect a sell in Bertram. I'm, I want you to think about that. Uh, everything is neighbor, neighborhood driven. Um, people look for where they work, where their friends are, where their convenience is. And that's how they decide to buy. Now, if they can't afford it, they go back to the, that old segment. Everybody drives till they qualify. And um, that drives some market shifts. Taylor explodes because Samsung's building out there, but uh, is Samsung, and Samsung is going to bring 2,000 jobs, but you got 10,000 lots going on the market. So at some point, those lots will affect what's on the ground. That's true. So let's talk about ebbs and flows because we've just cycled through a very drastic shift in our market from going through the pandemic, but we really haven't had a radical shift since 2000. So when you look back, we had 2000, we had the, um, and we're talking about Austin now, but from the state's perspective, 2000, we had the tech bust in, in Austin to, uh, we look at uh, 20, uh, 2008, we had the mortgage crisis across the national level, Austin and Texas sustained better than most states. Then 11 to 16, it seemed like everybody wanted to move to Texas because we fared well with the mortgage crisis. And then, you know, we hit COVID and we've had these historically low rates, you know, not lots of inventory for pretty much from 2010 on. And then, you know, now we have higher rates and more inventory than we did for months, for years and years and years. So let's talk about real estate ebbing and flowing. You know, we understand the pandemic. There's a lot of people at home, but like what causes the shifts other than the things that we say, the mortgage crisis, we can identify the tech bust here in Austin. We can kind of identify, but 
what are some of the things maybe nationally, locally that causes real estate to stop, start, and maybe be a buyer seller's market more balanced? It's really simple. Economics causes it. Whether it's, uh, whether it's economics of jobs being created for every one job, 2.6 people move here, or jobs being lost. Uh, and just because you read in the paper that 11,000 jobs were lost at Meta, break that down to where Meta's, what Meta is doing here in Austin. It was only 222 jobs, and primarily entry-level jobs, so it doesn't have a large effect. Um, and, and I'm more comfortable in Texas where we're headed because most of our Texas technology companies are working for the Defense Department or for the U.S. government. Whether it's Army Futures Command here in Austin, uh, whether it's Bell and Howe and the uh, different airlines up in uh, and manufacturers up in Dallas Fort Worth, it's economics, and so that's the first shift. And you go, well, the, you're, you're copping out, and I'm going, oh, it starts with economics, and you begin to look at other issues, re regulatory issues uh, here in Austin. It typically takes, from the time I buy a piece of land to the time it can actually push dirt on it and start developing it, it takes about three and a half years. Or are there metros? It takes six months, six weeks to six months. Well, that obviously has an effect because um, my wife early on asked me, why can't the market just stay even? There's not too much, too less. That would be great. <laughs> and, and, and I looked at her, you know, kind of dumbfounded because it just, it, I look at it and go, well, that's never going to happen. Uh, human greed kicks in. Money is easier from the banks. It, there's so many things. And a great example is what you discussed. Why was everybody moving here? Well, understand the attraction of Austin. It's the fifth highest educated metro in the, uh, in, in the nation. Highest educated is Washington, D.C., so being highly educated doesn't make you smart, apparently. But then you have Boston, San mm -hmm. Jose, San Francisco, and Austin. We have a high German-Hispanic-Asian work ethic. That's why IBM moved here in the 60s. So these are all things that we, you know, I'm, I can call myself this. I don't want anybody in the audience calling me this. That's all things that we nerds, we geeks look at mm -hmm. to figure out what the market's going to do. So the attractiveness of Austin will continue to be. And people go, but it's so expensive. And I go, compared to what? And don't throw out Houston or Dallas or San Antonio or McAllen, Texas or other Texas cities. Mm -hmm. That's not who we're competing against. We're competing against cities I just said, the Texans. We're competing against Boston, Washington, D.C., New York, San Francisco, San Jose. Well, if I look across the board at everything, we're in a phenomenal place. And you said it early on, whether you realize it or not. This market was hitting on all channels. I've never studied a market where land, ranches, apartments, warehouses, every channel is doing well. That just doesn't happen. It ebb and flows. And people go, is it demand? I'm going, it's demand, but it's also where the banks and equities lending. Mm -hmm. Those are both covered by regulators. And if the regulators are uncomfortable with the amount of real estate or the amount of technology in that bank, the banks have, a, uh, have to deal with the regulators or be shut down. And the regulators come in and say, um, we want all blondes gone in, in 90 days. We want all, all real estate gone. And I'm, picking, I'm not picking on blondes, but they mm -hmm. literally can tell you that we're going to close you down if you get, don't get rid of certain loans. 
And and people say, well, how do I prepare for that? I said, you don't. It's because the bank has been so aggressive in whatever channel. So trends are forced by economics, but then it comes to personal takes. We know it's not a uh, national, regional, or local market. But then you get into your personal taste. You want to be uh, downtown Austin. You don't have that same dynamic of downtown Austin with a state university and a capital complex in any other city. So they're not going to be as robust. Your suburbs are. Um, We don't do density around our shopping centers, which frustrates me because I see it from a national basis where you have density. And oh, by the way, if you... Any of us go to any mall here in Austin, it's 40% empty, and we're only 4% vacancy in that this city. So we're actually not in a bad place, just in the malls. You and I drive out to the domain, it's happening mm-hmm. because you have density. Right, you have density. Yeah. And, and that's why the, the the newer developments, like the one in Austin, at Lamar and uh, Ben White, yes. is, is coming, and it's being built with density. But they're going through a lot of hoops to get that to get that because mm-hmm. it's near environmentally sensitive area. Um, the city development group is historically not the only way to say cities never embrace that. Mm-hmm. They don't want. Uh, well, do you find that with with most? I'm going to call it major cities: Austin, Dallas, Houston. Do you see that with Houston and Dallas? And I mean this with love. Austin is the Republic of Austin. Mm-hmm. It, as Governor Perry used to say to me, we're the blueberry in a tomato seed. We are. And people go, and that's not a political statement. It is, we just, because we're a liberal city, and that's caused by both the capital and your large state university here. You go, being an AM graduate, I know you always, <laughs> you all, always used to badmouth the liberalism at UT and the effect it had on Austin. But as, as I, and I'm kidding, I'm responding when I say that. No, I know you're kidding. But but the city has always had this liberal bend, um, which is not a bad thing. I mean, what you all take for granted in Texas and what you take for granted definitely in Austin. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I would come down and see my granddad. You take these corners at Mopac, um, 360, you take all that grain for granted. Mm hmm. You live in Circle C. You take all that grain for granted, and other parts of the country don't have that. They don't have the rolling hills. It's caused by the Bacconi's fault. They don't have that all going for them. You go, well, that's not that big a deal. And I'm going, it's a huge deal. Huge deal. Because when people think about Austin, if they've only been to Dallas or Houston, all they've seen is flat. And concrete. And concrete. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have this urban sprawl. Whereas here, I don't see the urban sprawl, although it may be as bad because I have all these hills throughout it. Mm-hmm. Unless I get east of I-35. And and I want to remind people, 100 years ago, east of I-35 was where your cotton farms and your dairies were because of the soils. And people go, well, no, it, they purposely put that over there. I said, no, your soils on the west side, Circle C, where you live, mm-hmm. uh, where I live, uh, you couldn't raise anything on. You couldn't raise cattle, couldn't raise peaches, couldn't raise cotton. It was likewise in the 60s was five bucks an acre because 
excuse me, it was crappy ranch land. Mm-hmm. I could maybe put longhorns on it, but I couldn't raise anything else. You play your goats and your yeah. horses. Go- yeah. And she said goats. Yeah. That's where we get the term goat ropers is because that's all they did is they had goats because mm-hmm. they're the ones that could exist on it and some stroke cattle. So, mm-hmm. and that drives values. But then you had the change in the 70s where you had a white flight as you had your integration. So that's a trend that we saw. We saw Circle C explode. We saw Westlake explode. We saw Lake Travis explode. Growing up, I'm 69. You all uh, don't have visual of me. I'm 69, but growing up, Westlake was where the goat ropers, which are, if you don't know that term, uh, look up cedar choppers. There's a book called Cedar Choppers you need to read. And basically it's hillbillies. The whole country is settled into 11 tribes. And we come from the Irish blue collar people that sold here in the 1800s, Germans, mm-hmm. Hispanics. And, and that's not a bad thing because we have their work ethic. And people go, is that really a big deal? I said, it's a huge it's deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah, my family was a German family who settled in Seguin and South. And my and, wife's also. Yeah, so yeah, you, uh-huh. you, what you don't see is me smiling. And yeah. people always question me how they go, is that something you all really look for? Mm-hmm. A great example. Uh, I've had large corporations who want to open in Colorado Springs. But when I go do market studies there, that city closes down. Everybody closes down about six, last calls at nine. And you go, okay. I'm going, no. Here in Austin, we see people work until eight, nine, last calls at two o'clock. So people work longer and be more productive in this city than they are uh, in, say, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so that is something you look for is high productivity. We as a city have higher productivity than most countries in the Far East. And you go, countries? I go, yes, mm-hmm. because of the work ethic. Now, we Americans work harder than anybody else. I don't mean that arrogantly, but uh, think about it. it, it is I've been in, in, in the international finance, so I would be um, in August in Europe. Anybody that deals with that knows where I'm headed with this. People say, do not contact me. Don't call me between such and such day to such and such day. And that's what they mean. We Americans put on our on our computer or whatever, hey, I'll be out of the office having a kidney transplant. If you really need me, text, text me. me. <laughs> you knew where I said with that. We, we've all heard that. And I went, yeah, it, it, and my personality is such that I... And if you wife, don't get me in five minutes, call me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, my wife takes away my phone when we go on vacations or weddings because she doesn't want me looking at it because I, that anal... Mm-hmm. I, I need to respond to this. And she yeah. goes, do you? Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> so so let's, we talked about, you know, the now we kind of understand what drives kind of those shifts, right? It's but look at jobs first. Always in jobs. Your, yeah, yeah. Look at jobs first. By the way, interest rates are way down. Mm. Yeah, down. they've come down a lot. No, from- no, no. Down the importance list. Oh, okay. Okay. Down the importance Historically. List. But we've been on the juice for the last 20 years. Right. And people go, particularly if you're under 45, I'm not picking on you. Um, I'm on that. Uh, under 45, you've never seen rates go up. But what it's happened, Federal Reserve lends at three points. So Federal Reserve lends to Dallas Federal Reserve, Atlanta, Denver. That's three points. Then those reserve banks 
lend to Bank of Dallas, Bank of Boston, Bank of Houston, all the different banks. And that's another three points. That's a minimum six points. Well, you're thinking in your head, we've been below six, way below six. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to tell you is you're going to be surprised to most of your listeners. I'm going to say, hey, it costs you $4.2 trillion to your national debt to keep rates low. Last three years. Just the last three years. So our debt, that money is not free. That There is a cost to that money. And so we had a broken economy. And so what was keeping it alive was having low rates. The opposite is inflation. Inflation, it's, guys, it's like you go on 120 miles per hour. By the way, I know none of you out there have gone 120, 130 miles per hour. But when you slow down the speed limit at 70, what is your first response? It's so slow. And that's the analogy of what's happening now. But we need to be at six or better. Uh, Federal Reserve, I can talk about bond yields and all that, but that really is not what I follow. I follow a dot matrix from the Federal Reserve governors, how they vote, and then they have to fill out how they're planning to vote for the next three years. Mm-hmm. And right now, their rate they want to lend out at, they want to be by summer at five to five and a half. That's not the money you're going to be able to borrow. Mm-mm. You had three points to that. So it'll be at eight, eight and a half. So your buyers have lost 40% buying power since first last summer. Every time rates go up 1%, you lose 12% buying power. And for you all that going, I'm paying cash, you still have a cost of money. So you're losing buying power every time rates go up. By next summer, for eight and a half, your buyers will have lost uh, 72% buying power. So somebody said, what's your elevator speech? And I get emotional about this. I said, why would you wait? Why mm-hmm. would you wait? House is going to be more expensive to build. We don't have enough resales. We're going to have a locked-in effect. Uh, and what I mean by that, I don't know what your interest rate is. You don't have to tell me. But 90% of America's at 5% or less. 80% is at 4% or less. So why are you going to go buy something that's smaller and more expensive on a monthly payment? Well, you're not. You're not. And it, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I just had a, a conversation with Denise about mortgages. And that was a that was exactly the recommendation she gave is to buy now so you're not competing. Help get a buy down so you can get afforded a lower interest rate. And then don't worry about what's coming down. Don't worry the interest rates may go down because they might not. Don't worry about the inventory. Well, Jennifer, we, all of us, including this very anal individual, uh, myself, we all look at a snapshot and go, that's a movie. And it's not. It's a snapshot. Mm-hmm. It's one paragraph in the book. We've been through this. This is my seventh recession. This isn't that bad a recession because, and it will be interesting, foreclosures will be a non-event. We're not going to see an increase in foreclosures. There's always a little bit of foreclosures. And I'm going to throw out Houston. In 2020, I had 370,000 jobs lost. That's more than they did in the old crash in the 80s. And we lost SNLs, all that. Why am I pointing that out? I'm sitting with a big three oil CFO, and he finds out what I do, and we have a great discussion. But I said I expected more foreclosures. And his answer was so taxing. He goes, well, 100 bucks a barrel cures a lot of ills. And so you haven't seen foreclosures. I, we won't see foreclosures because of the equity buildout. Now, Goldman Sachs, Redfin, some others have come out and said, uh, Austin's gone ice cold. You're going to lose 25% value. And I'm going, no, 
number one, it's like when you and I buy stock and you come to me and say, hey, I lost $80,000 in stock market today. I said, you, you sold? And you go, no, I didn't sell. I said, then you didn't lose anything. It, we were selling 25 to 28% above list last year. Correct. And we're at 97 to 98% presently. Nobody sells a year or two years after they buy. That's just mm-hmm. idiotic. You've got, even if it's a good, steady market, you've got commissions, you've got all these things that you're not going to recover. Most people, by the way, stay in their houses 15 plus years now. It used to be three to seven when I was growing up. Why are they staying longer? Well, particularly now, because rates have gone up, and anything they look mm-hmm. at is going to be dramatically more expensive either by the payment or the building costs for building before um, the rates went up was going up four to 5% a month. The people that go, that's not sustainable. I said, no, it's not. And it won't be. Therefore, and they go, well, when's going to stop? I said, you know, if I was that good, I wouldn't be talking to y'all. I'd be in the Caribbean. I would not answer my phone from friends or family. Nobody knows that, but, Inflation was kicking in. By the way, inflation got to 9.1% last August. And you'll throw back to me and go, but it's coming down. I said, but we're measuring it over 12 months. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, don't get frustrated talking to me. I don't understand this. (laughs) She's not, but my audience, I can see in the audience go, this guy's talking fast and he's he's going to places that don't understand. Our inflation for the last 25 years, has been less than 2%. And that's anemic. And that was a sign of a broken economy. Mm-hmm. And people go, I'm not sure if this guy's a communist or a socialist or what he is. And I'm not, guys. I'm on the other side. I was very liberal when I was young. I'm very conservative when I'm old. But when you look at what's happening in the marketplace, number one, people continue to come here. What other metro in the nation, you talk about shifts, what other metro in the nation on the globe had job announcements in 2020. She's shaking her head no. There, there, there has not been many job announcements oh. across the board, other Ex- than, except, except for, for Austin, <laughs> except for except for Texas and Austin and yes. and and Houston area and Metroplex is busting at the seams. Dallas companies are coming to Dallas and busting. Houston's still recovering, but it, yes. it's recovering. But, but there, you know the growth is happening in the North Quadrant, and yes. Dallas is having big companies come in, and because Austin got too expensive, right? Yes. So, so some companies pivoted rather than coming to Austin. They came to they said, okay, we'll pivot and go to Houston or Dallas now, or because, San Antonio, or San Antonio because it's cheap. Cost of living is yeah. a little bit cheaper. It's cheaper to buy a house. My employees can make a little bit more, save a little bit more. But yeah, but jo- every time you t- you look at a headline, it's Texas, Austin, Texas, Houston, number one list. Or the negative from Goldman Sachs and Redfin is, hey, Austin's going to lose twenty five percent. I'm going. You're comparing it to a year ago, and that's not fair. That's like you. Yeah. I ran track in high school and college. That's like you pointing out what I ran fifty years ago. I'm going. Give me a break. I'd like to have a 32-inch waist again. That's not going to happen either. Mm-hmm. My point is, you can't go backward. We're going forward. We plan for it. You, it brought me on here about market shifts. It all starts with economics. And economics for Austin are going to continue to be favorable. You can complain to me about your traffic. You can complain to me about your tax bill. It, it, and that, it's funny because Wall Street didn't quote me, but they called me about on a national basis, they said, everybody's complaining about their tax bill. What effect is that going to have on values? 
just like you asked me about mortgage rates. I mm -hmm. said, separate the two. Values, tax bills, rates are all separate. It's economics 101, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. and, and go back to your trend issue. You live in Circle C. I grew up in Circle C. It was an actual working ranch. When it opened, you had major issues because the city of Austin came down and said, you can only develop up your 45, 4,800 acres, 15 to 40% of it, and we want to okay everything you're pushing through. And, and you hear me dragging on that because I, I do want to build affordable, but every time you bring another consultant into the game, by the way, city of Austin is the only city that has expediters. And I'll tell you, the current group that runs development and is, is running the city, not the council, but the people that are in power have moved it a lot years ahead, but we're still a slow process. And so that my cost is going to be, I can buy the same price land in another market and get a quicker return. Not necessarily a better return, but a quicker return. True, true. Let's let's talk about um, some global issues because I know that sometimes global issues oh, kind yeah. of impact. Um, and for Texas, I see global issues. Yeah, they affect Austin, but they affect Houston a lot because of oil and gas and a port. Yeah, and the ports, right? Right, you Galveston and some of your port cities, but um, and of course Midland and Odessa because they're a big oil city, right? Sure. So. Besides the oil and gas, when someone's hearing global issues on the news, what are going to be those global issues? And the reason I'm asking this is because there's a lot of buyers who have set both feet out of the real estate market and they have one foot ready to tiptoe back in. But I want our Texas consumer to say, oh, I need to be in now because it's going to shift if I don't get in. So what are those like? Alerts if, if with the global issues. I mean, let, let's stress one that comes to everybody's mind immediately, immediately the horrible humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. However, that's been great for Texas because it's kept oil above 80 bucks to 100 bucks a barrel. And you go, okay, that's a horrible way to look at it. I'm going, no, that's just reality. But those global issues are going to be um, China has got a power struggle right now. Uh, they've got to see they've had capitalism for 20 plus years. And now he's coming in and going, uh, and their government is going, no, we don't want capitalism to be, we want the, the party to control that. So what we'll see is we'll see more and more corporations look at alternative places to go. Right now, most major corporations, international corporations are looking to Mexico. Um, and that's a good thing, but I want you, I'm going to ask you the question and in your audience a question. How many armed force bases do we have throughout South America? Zero. And that bothers me. Uh, it, 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 I know that because I, my grandfather is a Mexican-American uh, educator that the uh, United States would send to other countries to help set up their education system. And we've never made that investment. So when I say Mexico or when I say Argentina, you think about nationalizing those uh, the companies are nationalized. Uh, you have to have a Mexican citizen or a Venezuelan citizen. So we're going to see more and more trade pull out of China because of the instability of the political. And this is more than y'all want to think about, but think about Europe. Germany's been the strongest country, and they're not so strong right now because of what's happening in the Ukraine. So yes, those affect us. Oh, by the way, 
um, appliances are backed about six months delay. You can love this. Our, our iron, of all things, went out this weekend. And so I went to go get an iron. I hit three stores with my wife. By the way, I don't get out and shop a lot. I get frustrated. But we went to three shops, and there's no inventory. At Target, Walmart, and I don't know what the third one was. So I just bought my, probably the most expensive iron I've ever bought. is probably 60 bucks because it dawned on me they don't have any irons because those parts are made in China. Mm-hmm. I go back to your question. Right. Those parts are made elsewhere. They close the factories for 160, 180 days. There's not going to be parts. And so people go, but, but, but those costs are coming down and go, because nobody's buying in those mills. You go, why have they build more lumber mills? I said, why would I? Mm-hmm. The labor's not there wherever I build them. And I'm not going to build them in Austin. I'm going to build them in a satellite city. I'm going to build them in a Lufkin to Houston, the Bastrop to Austin, Tyler to Dallas. Um, I'm going to build my clothing mills, my sock mills and such, a little distance from the big metros. Mm-hmm. Why? Cheaper. Closer to an airport, but still further out is cheaper. Well, not necessarily airport. And you're going to love this. And don't stone <laughs> me, everybody out there. I wouldn't have packed here for Tesla. We don't have the roadways or the railroads. I would love to Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, but Elon thinks differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when somebody asks me, hey, we're thinking about building a such and such factory, I look at those three metros. Austin is not even on my mind historically because that's not been our strength. We have a very highly educated workforce, um, and, and I think 85 to 90% at least have a high school degree. And they're not going to work those hourly jobs. Mm-mm. You and I go to a restaurant, any place in town. And she's rolling her eyes as I say this, by the way. <laughs> Number one, it's going to be a very highly educated waiter or waitress. Probably have a master's or better. A lot of them do. But there's not enough labor here in Austin. Number one, because I can get better paying jobs somewhat in their lane. Um, and that's going to be true any place. And the one myth I constantly still hear is people aren't working because the government's paying them. I'm going, that is so far from the truth. It may have been true to a small extent, but we don't have enough babies having for the last 15, 20 years in Texas, nationally, China. I mean, we, educated societies have less children. Mm-hmm. That is true. I mean, and I agree with you on the the wait staff or the service staff of the industry, they're finding they can work less, make more somewhere else. And we have the jobs to produce those other environments. It, but. By the way, we're reporting out here in BKs. Uh, the group I was with residential strategies, uh, we did the market studies for the Galleria or the hospital. Why am I telling you this? One of the things that we brought up is you have no housing for labor. When apartments have been pitched to Lakeway, Bee Caves, certain parts of Circle C, and I'm picking on you, um, the pushback is we don't want them living here. And I'm going, I'm thinking economics. I'm going, you've got to have some of them. Whoever you don't want living here, you've got to have them. You and I go to Barton Creek Galleria. We go to that hospital. The, the labor doesn't even live remotely close. Forget about your teachers, firemen, mm-hmm. policemen, but just your regular labor. 
is not remotely close because it's so expensive because everybody wants to have an acre plus out here, et cetera. And I'm not beating people right. off, but it's the economics right. of it. And you go, and you and the audience are going, I haven't thought about that. Well, again, why would you? That's not your expertise. That's not the path that you chose to go down. Unfortunately, I'm one of those guys goes that says, if you push this domino, that house is going to fall over at the end of this domino. And you go, I hadn't thought about that. I went, I'm the guy that, unfortunately, and, and people that would do what I do, enjoy going down that and saying, if you do this, if you step on, it's the butterfly effect. If you step on this butterfly, you're going to have no oil in a million years. People go, are you kidding me? And I'm going, yeah, we've got to think about this. So, and people always ask me, where are you politically? I said, I'm a moderate, if you want to ask, but I'm complimented when you ask that question because I'm not an environmentalist because at times it's not cost effective, but we have to do something. Otherwise, when you talk about trends, if I build, build the most environmentally friendly house, it's not going to be affordable. People aren't going to pay for it. So I've got to be someplace in between. It's funny you say that. Um, and if you build the most environmentally friendly house, I was having a conversation with a, a, a builder and his particular client wanted him to do all the smart technology in the house. And he says, well, that's great that you want that, but that's not in the budget of the house. If we did that, I would be beyond my budget and this house would and be And you saw more. me roll my eyes yes. when you threw that out there. Exactly, exactly. So, okay. One of the questions I have asked, I asked you was um, about market shifts. And your, your response was shifts have been going on for decades, thousands and thousands of years. And we get that, but like, and I, I'm speaking to my 15, about 15 years in real estate. From yeah. what I've seen, we've had this, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it, I call it the Texas roller coaster, where every four to seven years we have this kind of ebb and flow. And then we've had this weird time where we haven't ebbed and flowed, right? But is there a normal recycle or it, Jennifer, if we look historically or, or what, I mean, can anybody predict what's happening? What's going to happen? Yes, next? we can predict if you do what I do. But Jennifer, real estate is the second best investment in the world. Exactly. And it's the arrow is straight. But when my mentors would sit down with me, they'd have that arrow from the left bottom to the top of the right. And then they go, but real estate is that roller coaster along that line. Because greed kicks in, builders overbuild, bankers overlend. We get that pulled back. Then there's not enough inventory. Um, that's always going to be out there, whether it's the United States, whether it's Texas, whether it's China, that's always going to be out there. Now, some of y'all may be questioning, well, what's happening in China with all the ghost cities? Well, government forced developers to build those to make their GDP look better. Healthy GDP is between three and a half to five percent. Forcing developers to build ghost cities it's just like me giving steroids to a runner. That is not natural. If we get above 5% for any period of time, it's like a blood pressure. It's like steroids. It does not have a good effect. Now, should we leave it up to humans, as I said? Uh, no. Uh, you have to have regulation. Otherwise, certain groups would run rush thought over everything. And 
what you're not asking about, and, I, and I'm going to share with you, water is going to be a, a greater and greater issue. We have enough water in the state. We don't have infrastructure. But let's look at Southwest United States, where you have water being shut off from a Circle C by Scottsdale or Phoenix. We've known about this for 25, 30 years, but we're humans. We wait till we have a gun at our head, a knife at our throat, and then we go, can we negotiate? Can we charge that? Yeah. So again, I, and, and by the way, whether we have 15 inches of rain in Dallas or the 37 trillion gallons, yes, 37 trillion gallons last two uh, weeks in California, all I can think about, it's going to waste. It's not going to reservoirs like we do oil. Mm-hmm. And that's how we used to do it. Lakes, particularly in Texas uh, and throughout the Southwest, are used as a drinking water, and those should be floodplains. We should be putting that in the ground naturally, bringing it up. And people go, well, what you're talking about sounds more expensive. And I'm here to tell you, water's going to be more expensive in the future, no matter what. It's just, I, I hopefully we'll never have to pay for air, but I could see that happening. And, and, and the problem is, is people go, it wasn't that expensive. Or we didn't do that when I was younger. And I go, well, that's, it, it's what baby boomers my age get, where somebody says, well, it's because of you, we don't have X, X, and Y. And I go, that's kind of unfair. But that's what we're going through right now. And water will be more expensive right now. We already see moratoriums in different Springs, Liberty Hill, possibly Leander. And again, there's enough water there. We just don't have the infrastructure. And we don't. And we also, when, you know, this is probably one of my favorite quotes I've ever learned in real estate. Without water, we have no value. So, I mean, if we don't fix our water issues, then we don't need to worry about what the market's doing that, or our value. That's going to be a trend, trend change. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not picking on Jennifer or any of you in the audience. I'm picking on myself. I'm not turning out my grass in the front of my carpet grass. Yeah. And you still see it in Phoenix, and I'm smiling and laughing at you, and people go, well, they must be awfully rich, or they must be jerks. I'm going, dudes, that's what I grew up with. I grew up in Vegas. We had green grass front and back. You don't now, but back then you did because water was plentiful. Again, we have enough water in this world, enough water in this globe, but we'll have to go deep. Uh, to desalinization, we'll have to go to some other things where water will be more expensive in the future. Hopefully it doesn't get more expensive. Um, oh, it, it will. It will. Okay, so let's talk about um, a couple more things before we wrap. Interest rates and inflation, we know that they're tied together, um, and uh, but the interest rates that we, the historical rates that we've seen for years, they, they, they have historical lows, we're not our was not a norm, and, no. we, and we know that. But how do you tell that to somebody forty five or less? It, exactly. But <laughs> you have to have them look at historic data. But that's all they know. They what they have seen right. or what they can get a mortgage. But but our new norm, our our, but I I say our norm, our five to six percent rates predictions moving forward. Would that be our new norm to one to to not have us go into recession? And I don't know what your previous speaker said on mortgages. The Federal Reserve wants to land their terminal rate at five to five and a half. You have three points to that. Now, 
the pushback you sh you should be giving me is going, well, if they have a minimum of six, we're already seeing some mortgage companies offer less than six. And I go, okay, let's go down that path. Why are they offering less than six? And you go, I don't know. Tell me. And I'm going, they've lost 70% of their business refis. Uh, so they don't have as many people working. They're doing whatever they can do to keep those doors open and keep money coming through. So I believe by the end of the summer, we'll be somewhere around eight. But mortgages may be less than that as mortgage companies pursue the business. And you go, well, they're still making money. Well, let's look at that. Wells Fargo. Largest player outside of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Got to have the business because, and they do this because it's not as profitable as, as it's been. So again, it's all driven by the dollar in my kids here, by the way, 4137, they used to say this to me all the time and, and they know not to say it anymore is I go, well, that's not fair. And, I, and you see me smile and I go, well, life's not fair. I said, if we're going to go down that path and not being fair, some people have a better insight of where the opportunities are. That's why they're on Wall Street. That's why they're in London, uh, which is a huge financial center. Whereas other people just want everybody else to take care of them. I don't mean that arrogantly. Don't mean that meanly. Mm -hmm. It just it is what it is. So I do think that rates should be around eight by the end of the summer. Again, that's seventy two percent loss of buying power. Do I think all mortgages will be there? No. I mean. If you're not aware, um, my wife, who tries to stay as far away from this as possible, she sent me an article from a bank out of California that's offering zero docs. <laughs> what you didn't see, Jennifer's eyebrows just went up above her hairline. Yes, you and I have lived through this, but that mm -hmm. makes no sense. But what people are doing is, well, there's a need, so we're going to fill it. And I'm going, just because there's a need does not mean it's profitable. So what you don't know, Mark, is I spent a decade in the mortgage industry before getting into real Sorry. estate. So that is one of the reasons I got out because of all the chaos that yeah. ensued because of that. But uh, I wasn't mean, picking on you. Jennifer. No, no, no. I know you weren't. It's just, yes, it's, it's scary to see anybody offer anybody something, no doc, because it's not, this it's not. It doesn't make business sense. It's not logical. It's not It's not stable anyway. So. And again, I go back to my comment. I have squints. Really bright guys ask me questions and they go, well, there's such a great need for this. I said, it's not profitable. What do you mean it's not profitable? I said, you've shown me your numbers. It's not profitable. Mm -hmm. You can't put that database to get together without charging X plus. Consumer's not going to pay for that. So it's not profitable. And you can see it hit them. But again, their job, their their interests, their passion is solving a problem. And then they think about taking it to equity. And equity goes, next. Right. So I want to, I'll have this for last because I want to wrap with this. So my brokerage and my agents and some of our clients speculate that, you know, we're in this full on recession and the market's going to tank. And, you know, you talked about that earlier and we're going to wait. And you know, what we've tried to educate them on is 
we're in a correction. We're not. We we're in a correction from a time that was not natural. Like we're taking a pause. I don't even call it a correction, Jennifer. I call it a pause. Okay. Why do I call it a pause? The demand's still there. People are waiting because their experience tells them there is going to be a recession, and there will be. But this recession, we won't see many foreclosures. We, um, you won't see. We haven't seen a, a massive inventory nationally or locally build up like we have previous recessions. Um, so the inventory levels that we're seeing now post a chaotic market well, are, are are less than yes, but, build up but, in the but 80s. But as you know, the, the last three years were anomaly. Let's take that and right, throw that out. out of it. But in that time, we got down to a week and a half citywide <laughs> of inventory. Historically, you go through 35% of your inventory in the Texas metros by June of 2020, we're at 45%. By August, we're going through 98%. Do the math. That's why you didn't have anything. Six months is equilibrium. And yeah, we're up to three and a half months. And if it's not selling, I'm going to be really straight with y'all. It's not priced correctly. I don't want to hear this story. Uh, it's not priced correctly. And people go, where we price it correctly, and the market keeps moving away from us. What I'm seeing, again, I'm at 10,000 feet. You're in the foxhole. At 10,000 feet, if it's priced correctly, we're seeing multiple bids give. And why are we seeing multiple bids? Because there's not enough inventory. So you all can complain and whine. I don't mean that meanly. I have all these things. Well, rates hurt X, values hurt X. And I'm going, it's not going to get cheaper. Why are you waiting? Because the cost of building an apartment, an office building, is going to be more expensive. Why are you waiting? And by the way, for you all that think I'm a mouthpiece for the industry, people in the audience that know me will go, oh my gosh, no, in 0405, he said the Texas Home Builders Association, the Austin Home Builders Association, you got too many lots, you got too many apartments going, you got too many houses going. Forget, I haven't even really looked at the mortgage side of it, but I knew we were building too much for our absorption at the time. So you ask about market shifts. Market shifts are drawn or uh, caused by economics. But whether it was the crash in 07, 08, it was crash in 2000, the crash in the 80s where Texas real estate lost 90% of its value. I don't see it ever happening again. It was driven by human greed. So that was driven by human greed. And, it, and, 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 well, right. But what was so radically different of the 80s? We thought we could build our way out of it. Okay. And the bank, and you'll have this, and the banks would lend. At a, at a, at a double-digit interest rate. <laughs> it's 17, 18 percent right, interest rate. Right. And you go, but why were they lending if you are saying there's too much inventory? Because their management said go lend. And you go, well, aren't we smarter than that? You're going to hate this comment. I've been doing this 45 years. Everything recycles. And at times... I want to beat my head against the wall because I'm like, and, and good friends will kind of, you know, gig me and say, well, shouldn't we be offering lower interest rates? I said, well, let's go down that path. Shouldn't we be building uh, more lumber mills? I said, let's go down that path. Shouldn't we be? I go, no, because again, I go back to humans. We tend to focus on our needs or our lenses. What's happening in Austin, well, it's happening in Atlanta. It's happening in Albuquerque, right? And I'm going, no. 
as no. you started this conversation. No, it's not. Yeah, it's truly local. And it can get low. It can, something I said to you through a conversation before with this episode was real estate is hyper local. It's granular. We're meaning where block by block. Block by block. We're meaning my house on the side of the street could sell a radically different price than yours. Maybe mine backs to a valley and your backs to a street or your backs to a, a green belt and mine, whatever. You're Mine's gonna, bigger. You're going to love this. Mine backs up to Mopac. Hers is, backs up to Bellway, which she paid extra for. And she's going, oh, I'm so sad that you live along Mopac. I said, yeah, my value's going to go up. You go, what? But I'm going, it's white noise. Historically, it's white noise. noise. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. So it's it doesn't really matter. I mean, when someone says my house should sell exactly like this, no, it's, it's, it's very different. No. Okay. So Texas as a whole, and I say this as a whole because a lot of our listeners are listening because they're buyers, sellers, and homeowners in Texas. We talked about how we're positioned. We keep getting rave reviews. We're in the press. We're jobs. We're growth. What's what's the prediction for Texas? We've heard someone say negative things where Texas is going to 25% loss of value. Well, it's specifically Austin, but first... Everything's hyper-local, as you said. Right. But Jennifer, as you say that, you take for granted that McAllen, Abilene, Amarillo are having the same type of appreciation we have. And she's shaking her head no, and she's been down this path. They're not. They don't have any corporations there. It's the large metros where your labor, your education Mm -hmm. is. They'll continue to have growth. And by the way, I was wrong. I thought that COVID would cause remote towns Satellite cities like a Bastrop, et cetera, to have better growth. It's done the opposite. It's pushed people to the larger metros to find jobs, to, to be in convenient areas. I mean, guys, Whole Foods has started here, and I want to point out, every time I go to Whole Foods, I go, what are all these people doing in this restaurant? And they're working. They're char- charging somebody by the hour. I don't see that in Chicago. I, don't, I do see it in New York, but I don't see it in L.A. I don't see it in other markets like we see see it here so we have a very and it goes back to we have a very highly educated market but texas we we have seen ranch values go up because people couldn't go on vacation literally um but texas small towns only 12 towns uh in texas have seen any growth last 12 years in appreciation or employment so those metros will continue to go up where are they where they were a year ago. No. Mm-mm. But they couldn't. You, all of us said it can't continue at this rate. And I said it won't. What do you know that I don't know? I said, I've just been through many of these surges. And it's like Usain Bolt or anybody in sports. They can't continue to operate at a high level. It's just not natural. Whether it's a horse, whether it's a, a metal, at some point it gives out. Now, it may be a thousand years before it gives out. But at some point, that stress is going to cause it to give out. And that's what we're seeing. 45% of our inflation is real estate, equivalent, rents, et cetera. We don't look at sales because that only happens three to four times in a lifetime. But it should be 22 to 25%. It's like you and I go into our general practitioner. He goes, I, I've grown into diabetes. Um 
my kids, grandkids go, Pops, how many bowls of bluebell has that been? I said, I'm going to take another pill. And that's just human right. nature. And you know what? Jennifer wants to strangle me right now because she's gone. But that's me and Bluebell. It's, I'm, it, that's one of my few pleasures I still have. I can't play sports. I used to play basketball three to five times. And we all do that. We take these justifications. If I do X, I'm just going to forget about what's happening over there. And we all do that. Right. You're, I want to piggyback on something you said, and maybe you can um, say one last thing on it is, you were saying that we can't keep sustaining these high upswings. Yeah. California did it. Florida did it. Arizona did it. Nevada did it. And New York did it. And they could sustain. China. China's China. China. Right. Those, they couldn't sustain. That's why they crumbled and their values, you know, yes. fell, fell down. Historically in Texas, it was been a two to 4% year to year appreciation. We've had, and we've had much longer run than any place else in the country. Right. Typically, it's every seven to 10 years. And we've been at 11 to 15 years. Right. Exactly. But in, if we go back to 11 out of, out of the yeah. mortgage crisis, I started hearing, 10, you know, it was a small, it was 5% here. And then at the yeah. end, it started getting 10% to 10%. And then we had astronomical amounts through the pandemic right yeah but that's not normal and we can't sustain that or like you said there will be no affordability how do you tell somebody whose whole experience 45 50 years has been exactly the opposite of what you're saying well considering i'm 45 years old yes but i've been in the industry so i've seen the cycles yes right right um but a lot of my Clients have never seen those cycles, and we just have to educate them that and that's of, not normal. And what she's not saying, both of us are a little bit nerdish, a little bit geekish. We <laughs> pay attention to that. <clears throat> and again, that's always how my mind has worked, where I go, well, if, if such and such does such, what effect is that going to have later down the domino line? So know this. I don't know why you would wait to buy, why you would wait to rent. If, if all you can do is afford rent, and you need to find someplace where you can save money. Equity is going to be single digit this year, high single digit, 79% is an average. Um, it's not going to be high double digit. The last 10 years, we've had 140% plus appreciation in the state. Both coasts have had 40%. And people go, well, that's not natural. Why is Texas becoming California? I went, no. 82% of California is owned by the federal government. So you've got such demand for so little land. It takes so long to get it entitled uh, from the time I buy it to the time I can do something. California will always be expensive. By the way, I grew up with California being extremely conservative. You're 45. You've grown up with it being extremely liberal. Mm -hmm. What makes that change? It was Proposition 13 that changed out a conservative uh, bill. I think California, I mean, the latest thing that California has uh, on the very left is they want to tax anybody that has over a billion dollars net worth. If I have that type of money, what am I doing? I'm moving my company and everything out of it. Um, you know, I can go to the far right side. We don't want to accept money from unfriendly nations. Well, I'm telling you, from a practical standpoint, I'm going, no, that's not good because those that want to stay with those unfriendly nations are taking their money out of China, out of India, out of Russia. And guess where they're buying? Texas. And so I want to take their money. It should be vetted. You know, the federal government should, should see where that money's coming from. But I think 
you can't legislate morality, which is basically both of those things are doing mm-hmm. there. Uh, smart people are a lot of smart people are going to get richer. That's just the nature of the business for the last two thousand plus years. Uh, that's just the nature of humans. Jennifer, I appreciate my time with you. I enjoyed our conversation. I love the topic of real estate and his analytics, and I know that you love it as well. <laughs> I appreciate you. So thank you to everyone at home or listening on the go. Um, if you find this show helpful, please hit that follow or subscribe button. It does wonders for the show and more people can find the Urban Connect podcast organically. If you have questions about anything we've talked about, please drop me a line at jennifer at urbanconnectpodcast.com. I read every email I get, whether it's an episode idea, a guest recommendation, or just simply a note to tell you how the show has impacted you. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Jennifer Ashambo, and I'll see you on the next episode.